Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha, and this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. Hi, girl, <laughs> hi. You good? <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm just, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, small talk, small talk session. Oh. So, um, I just want to put out there that I've been decorating for fall way too early, and now it's you happening. have... And I'm super pissed off because because <laughs> Starbucks has come out <laughs> with their pumpkin spice lattes and frappuccinos, and the they have. and the closest Starbucks to me is like an hour away. <laughs> That's so just that should be illegal. I feel like. <laughs> and Crystal decided to Snapchat me a picture of her pumpkin spice frapp this morning. It was my first pumpkin spice of the season. I had to. I'm sorry. I'm super pissed. Super You're pissed fine. Off. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. I mean, I should, I should totally ask my husband to go drive to Starbucks and get me some. Oh He'd my laugh God. In my face. He would not do that. <laughs> <laughs> he won't even drive. This fool won't even drive to the freaking convenience store or the Dollar Gentral <laughs> <laughs> to give me some damn Pepto. <laughs> That's so, true. That was. Uh, I highly doubt he'll drive an hour to Starbucks. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Dollar Gentral's like two minutes from you. Not even. <laughs> yeah. I was like dying. I was on my deathbed and I was like, can you please give me some? It was real was bad. Like, I was real worried about you for a while. <laughs> and, and this is what this fool says. It's 830 at night. <laughs> oh my God. How dare you ask that of him at 830 how, at night? How dare I die at 830 <laughs> at night? He's like, I'm sorry, that's just really inconvenient. Your death is really inconvenient for me right now. <laughs> like, I'm totally watching Twitch right now. Um, no, yeah. he's not He's not always an asshole, but he was definitely <laughs> one that night. He, he, was, he was busy. He, he, that was not good. <laughs> he knew I was going to be okay. <laughs> he was like, you're being overdramatic. Calm down. <laughs> a, little, a little bit. Okay. Right. Anywho, let's, it's Crystal's week. I'm excited to hear what it is. It's my week, y'all. Okay. Guess we'll just we'll, we'll get into this now. So let's do it. So right. this week I have decided to cover Joseph D'Angelo, uh. <laughs> aka the Golden State Killer. Uh, I'm not happy with you. Have you read the book? Um. So I actually watched the series this past week. I have not read the book. Oh, um, I've read the book three times. Yeah. I it is an it. amazing book. So if, if you guys don't know about this, um, uh, the book was written, basically it was solved in the book. Um, Some, somewhat is Michelle McNamara wrote it and it was, it's, it's it, called I'll be gone in the dark. I'll be gone in the dark. Um, it's amazing. She sadly, she died before the book was complete. So her husband actually completed it with the help of some of her, um, deep notes that she had been taking and some friends mm -hmm. that were also working with her on this, um, big release. And he got it published because that was, you know, her, her lifelong work that she had been doing. Um, it is a great read. So if you have not read this book, go read this book because it's amazing yeah she she was like badass boss of a woman amazing I mean, and like I'm gonna, spent years of her life devoted to trying to solve this i mean i'm gonna know. say that she practically solved the case i'm basically she she pretty much did <laughs> 
So yeah, I'm gonna get all into it. Yes. Um. So he, he, you know, I, I said AK the Golden State Killer. He actually has a ton of AKAs. He does. He does. He's a, so he's a piece of wet lettuce. <laughs> he is. So um, of some of those names include the Visalia Ransacker, the mm -hmm. Sierra Rapist, the original Night Stalker, the Diamond Ock Killer, and then Eron's came later, which is like an ac acronym for East Area Rapists and Originalized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they combined those names um, after DNA linked the two as the same person in like 2001. So yeah, I've been planning on doing this case at some point, but I wasn't sure when. And then I'm sure you know some pretty big news happened recently. Um, August 19th and 20th, this past like week before this or something like that, um, D'Angelo's yeah. victims took their turns for those two days, like describing how he wreaked havoc on their lives and the lives of their loved ones. And then he was formally yes. sentenced on Friday, the 21st of August. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to get I, all I into the case. Into I was actually, cause I'm weird. I was like watching all of that as it was happening. Um, so I'm going to get into the you're case. Not, you're not weird. You're not weird. <laughs> not, weird. <laughs> not to me. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like in my kitchen, pickling jalapenos, watching, <laughs> It's fine. That's normal. Um, <laughs> so I'll get in the case and then we'll talk about his sentencing at the end so we can just like wrap it all up in a neat little bow and be done with this douche noggin. So this piece of wet lettuce. Wet lettuce. Wet lettuce. Nasty. So D'Angelo started his criminal career at um, as the Visalia Ransacker in Visalia, California in the mid 70s. Um, as the Visalia Ransacker, which is hard to keep saying. So I'm going to like. <laughs> Stop saying it. Uh, he was believed Let's just cut that short. <laughs> right. As the VR, he was believed to have committed around 120 crimes beginning of the spring of 1974 and lasting through late 1975. So I saw in a couple of sites that it might have actually started in 73 and lasted through 76, but there wasn't like enough evidence in some of those cases to confirm that he was linked to them. Um, these crimes were mainly burglary then for um Yes. Yes. For most of these crimes, D'Angelo would break into single-family homes and, like, tear the house apart because he's a dick. And then he would just, like, steal only, like, very small items. For Like, meaningless items at that. They well, weren't, for, like... Some of them meaningless like, and some of them not. So, like, for example, let's see. His first recorded burglary was in March of 74, and he stole $50 in coins from a piggy bank, which is, like, fucking rude. <laughs> yes <laughs> it is fucking rude but but <laughs> when i say meaningless like he didn't go in and like steal thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff no, it was like it was, it was me it wasn't meaningless like it meant a lot to the family but it was like dick hole thing right like like stole. definitely like why are you gonna mess with little kids piggy banks <laughs> like what the hell like why why are you touching the piggy bank bro why are you touching the piggy bank so he would break into these houses, he'd tear them all up, he'd scatter women's undergarments everywhere because he's like yes. a fucking creep. Because he's, yes, 100%. <laughs> and then he would steal a bunch of like low value items and then leave behind much higher value items that like way out in plain sight, just like out in the open. He wouldn't touch those. He was, like, doing, he, he was doing the whole switcheroo. <laughs> you know like he'd do that thing. Have you seen those things where like, oh, uh, well, what would be like the most inconvenient thing that you would steal if you broke into somebody's house? He literally did that thing where he would take one earring from a set and leave the other one. Yes. Yes. It's like, how annoying would that be? Like, oh, these were my favorite earrings. Where the hell is the other one? Um, 
he would also just about that (laughs) right he he would also take sometimes take like really personal stuff that meant a lot to the owners like for example he took some cufflinks one time that had Mm -hmm. the owner's initials engraved in them but like weren't actually worth a lot it was just more of like a personal thing to them and then um during this time he would also sometimes commit multiple burglaries in a day so like on november 30th 1974 there was 12 separate incidents of burglary in the same area on this day and the thing that gets me about this is he was not like discreet about it all no he he i just don't understand how it took so long for him to get caught because he um wasn't he on foot over this stuff too so he he was was. so (laughs) so, (laughs) that's why i was like or else sometimes he would steal bikes from houses and like ride them yes around. yes but yes like, he, part, wasn't, he was just on foot he was there was no like, getaway car no he wasn't like driving down the road stopping down like a block or two and stealing so he was literally walking into these fool's houses and then walking right out and then walking into another fool's <laughs> house and then walking right out and like he's got like these handful of things <laughs> just well it's just little things so like pockets full of things <laughs> i know pockets full of things yeah <laughs> pockets full of things just walking down the road and nobody's like oh hey this dude's pants are bulging out <laughs> oh my god in the pockets what's going on bruh no <laughs> no it was nothing like that so 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 to commit all of these burglaries he was like the ultimate creeper he would like stake out the houses beforehand and to get around to do this, he would, like, travel through di- drainage ditches and, like, scale fences and shit. Mm-hmm. Just, like, on foot. And then when he would break in, he would leave, um, like, warning items for himself, such as dishes or bottles against doors. So, like, if someone came home and opened the door, he would hear it and, like, dip out real quick. Yeah, he was, like, kind of smart about it, too, but at the yes, same which time. Is, which is obnoxious to say, but yes. Um and then later I'm going to talk about how he uses dishes in later crimes. So it's just like really awful. Oh yeah. It's yeah. awful. He's a so, yes. freaking piece of wet lettuce. <laughs> You're just going to keep calling I'm just, him that. I'm just going to keep calling him that. There's if no other knows words. What that, if nobody knows what that, <laughs> that looks like, it's literally an old raggedy ass piece of wet lettuce. I'm not talking about you just bring home this lettuce and wash it all clean and shit. No, it's nasty. It's nasty. <laughs> it's nasty. She sent me a gross picture of some wet lettuce earlier this week, and I was like, yes. I was like, that. this is what I think of when I say piece of wet lettuce. <laughs> I'm like, gross, but yes. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on the gram. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so he always wore gloves, so there weren't any fingerprints, which is super yep. annoying. Because, um, you know, he could have, if he hadn't worn gloves, police could have caught him long before his crimes, more from burglaries oh, yeah. to like the terrible rapes and murders that he later committed. Um, but of course he wore gloves because he knew all about checking for fingerprints and stuff like that because he was actually employed as a police officer for three years. Um, yes. What a fucking douche. (laughs) And get this, during the time that he was a police officer, he was a burglary unit police officer in a town town called Exeter, which is like really close to Visalia. Um, so that was actually having, while all these burglaries were going on, he was, he was employed there and his Mm -hmm. career as a police officer ended when he was arrested and eventually fired for shoplifting a hammer and dog repellent, which is something that he would use in later crimes also. Yeah. He was really smart about it. It really pisses me off even more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
So let's see. After nobody would nobody would sit here and think, oh, dog repellent. Why would you get what? Why are you stealing all, dog repellent? Also, he didn't have to steal it. He just wanted to. That was that was what it was. It had nothing to do about like not having the money to pay for it. He wanted to get away with it because I mean, he, he knew he had been. He had fifty dollars worth of coins from the piggy bank. I'm sure that would have bought the hammer totally and the repellent. Could. He totally could have. <laughs> Also, I was like, what is dog repellent? <laughs> like, I know. I know. When I, re when I read the book or whatever, I was thinking, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing? It is a <laughs> thing. I, I Googled it just <laughs> to be sure. <laughs> it is a thing. It, it reminds me of like the whole meme that goes around saying blinker fluid. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I'm like, oh, that's not a thing. So why? It, that's a thing. It is. A thing. It really is, guys. So after 18 months of the VR spree, his crimes took a much darker turn. So up to this point, he'd been just mainly like burglarizing and prowling and peeping on people because he's like a gross ass little bitch. Mm -hmm. But now his crimes are going to start to become more violent and like sexually driven. So let's see, September 11th, 1975 was D'Angelo's first murder. And originally it was thought that he went from burglary to rapes and then to murder. But after his arrest in 2018, he actually pled guilty to this murder and confirmed that he was the Visalia ransacker. Before he was caught, they were like going back and forth on whether or not um, like VR and Eron's were the same person. Like some of them thought he yeah. was and some thought he wasn't. And it turned out he actually was. And he committed his first murder before he even became the East Area Rapist. So um, this first murder wasn't planned. It was more of like a botched attack type deal. Um, he had been prowling around the victim's home for a while, like for over six months before the murder took place. So um, six months before the murder, Claude Snelling gets home one night and he sees a prowler outside of his 16-year-old daughter's bedroom window. So Claude was all like, oh, hell fucking no, and he like chases the guy. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. but then the little bitch ass disappeared into the darkness of the night and Claude calls the police after he loses him. Um, they come and check the yard, and they identify the shoe prints outside of his daughter's window as a match to shoe prints found at some of the um, burglaries. The, the burglaries that mm -hmm. the Visalia ransacker committed. So um, prowlings and break-ins continue all around that neighborhood. And a week or two before the murder, the Snelling's car was broken into. So then around 2 a.m. the morning of September 11th, 1975, Claude woke up to strange noises in his house. So he's all, he wakes up, he leaves his bedroom, and then he immediately, like, takes off running and yelling because he sees a masked man dragging his daughter out of the house and, like, into the carport, like, out of the house. Mm -hmm. so, so he starts running, he's yelling at the man, the man lets go of his daughter because he's all, like, surprised because he didn't expect that, and he shoots Claude twice, and then he runs off and gets away. So, unfortunately, Claude did pass away, but he was able to save his daughter. I know, that's so sad, um... It's so heartbreaking because, like, he had protected her twice, and then right, he still ended up dying. So sad. No fun. True hero. Good, good dad. Right. So good dad. So you might think with D'Angelo screwing up this kidnapping and becoming a murderer, he might like take a step back and like cool his jets for a sec or whatever. Mm -mm. But nope. Mm. <laughs> Did not miss a beat, girl. So no. in the months following he that, thought he murder, was invincible. Right. The months following the murder, he continued to prowl and, like, obsessively stalk certain houses. He would call these houses when he knew the residents were home and, like, harass them over the phone. 
Like he did that a lot. Um, oh, I know um, that several people actually called in those calls too, and they weren't long enough for anything. Right. And they would, and it wasn't even just that. Didn't he like call like the same house several times too? Well, he, yeah, he would call the same houses several times and harass them. He also actually did this later after um, his East Area rapist crimes. He would call back victims. He would call his rapists, or rape, rapists. He would call the ones that he raped. Right, his victims. Um, For, like, years on, he would just call randomly and just harass them. Even after they moved, because there was one lady that actually moved, I think. Mm -hmm. And he still found her number and called her over and over again. Piece of garbage. He's a fucking wet lettuce. <laughs> um, he attempted to enter a couple homes in the middle of the night while the residents were still inside, um, but didn't really do anything quite then yet. Um, then on December 10th, 1975, so just a couple months after the Claude Snelling murder, Detective Bill McGowan was assigned to stake out a residence where tennis shoe and prints had been found under the bedroom window that matched the VR's shoe prints. So he was like, he was going to stake out this house for a while and just watch it and make sure nothing happened. So he's staking out and he's like in the garage of the home with like the garage doors open. He's just like in the garage hiding out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, after a couple hours, a man's figure appears in the garage doorway and the guy doesn't like seem to see the detective at all. So um, he moves towards the side of the garage and starts making his way to the back gate and tampering with the lock on the gate. So detective McGowan, um, He's like following him or whatever. And then when he sees him messing with the gate, he shines his flashlight at the man. Is all like, please hold it right there. And the man starts shrieking like a little bitch. <laughs> like literally. He's like, he's saying, he's like, oh no, oh my God, no, please don't hurt me. And like shrieking. So he's wearing a mask and he's like getting blinded by McGowan's flashlight in his face. And he like takes off the mask with his right hand and puts it into his pocket so people think that he did that to distract McGowan. And then mm-hmm. when he does that, he just like takes off running. So McGowan chases him and they like both jump a fence. And this dude's like running around the backyard like an idiot. He's like shrieking and zigzagging and serpentining and all this <laughs> shit. <laughs> and McGowan can't catch fi- me, can't catch me. <laughs> right. So McGowan like fires a warning shot, like not towards him, just kind of towards the ground. And then he finally stops running. He holds up his right hand like he's going to surrender, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, he only held his right hand up because he was using his left hand to pull a revolver out of his coat pocket. Little and he, bitch. Little, little bitch. And he fired at McGowan. So McGowan, like, falls to the ground and the guy gets away. Fortunately, this time he missed his target. And when he shot at him, he actually shot the detective's flashlight directly in the lens. So he'd only shot his flashlight. He wasn't severely injured. Um, some flashlight debris like hit his face and all around his eye and stuff but that was basically the extent of his his injuries um but unfortunately he got away which is super annoying so remember i told you squirmy little bitch (laughs) right so remember i told you he took off his mask before he took off running the first time yeah so that means the detective actually saw the vr's face which is something that the police hadn't had up to this point like nobody had seen he'd always worn a mask even when he was just prowling around um yeah would you think he you would think that he would have gotten caught then too but he didn't right a month after this incident like he couldn't really remember so he he was put under hypnosis detective mcgowan they like hypnotized him and Mm -hmm. he he was able to describe the suspect's face to the police and a police sketch artist um like drew it all up up. Mm -hmm. and then the sketch was released to local press and he never struck visalia again after his 
picture was yeah. He stayed clear of it. Yeah, he was still like a town over. <laughs> <laughs> like well, you so think, you think somebody from the town over would have been like, oh, it's this guy. Nope, didn't happen. Did not happen. So, so he moved, um, at that point he moved to Sacramento. There, he was like, oh shit, they seen my face. Gotta get out of here. So he moves to Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And his reign of terror as the East Area Rapist begins. So he started out focusing on young women and teenagers who were alone in their homes. Um, six of the first 10 rapes were actually teenagers, and two of those six were just 15 years old. Yeah. Which Same is sad. I mean, it's sad for everybody, but still. Um, he would stake them out for like weeks before attacking them. So he could like learn everything about them. He would, um, again, he would like frequently call them at their home. Sometimes like months in advance before he attacked so that he could like learn their daily routines and like learn when they're home at this time and all that stuff. Um, there was one that he like actually was in the house watching them for a while. Yeah. Real creepy. Like super creepy. Nobody even knew. Nobody knew nothing about it. He would leave and then he would come back. Mm-hmm. So he would break into their day, into their house during the day when nobody was there, just mm -hmm. so he could, like, learn the layout of the house. And, um, like, he would find out if they had a dog, which wouldn't stop him because he'd use that dog repellent we were talking about. Yep. Um, and that actually explained why when, after, victims would be, like, super confused because if they had a dog, they'd be like, well, how come the dog didn't, like, alert us and, like, bark or whatever? So apparently that dog repellent stops them from barking. It works. <laughs> yeah, but that's not, that's not good. No, it's not good. Um, <laughs> it's no good. A lot of times <laughs> when he would break into these houses, he would create uh, multiple potential escape routes for himself for later. Like he would unlock windows and like remove the screens like all throughout the house. And he would also unload guns that he would find in the house. Like if they had a gun in their nightstand or whatever, he just like unload it. So if they which, reach for the gun which is smart i know it's super obnoxious it's obnoxious how smart i mean he was a cop so he knew what to look for too mm -hmm. yeah. um and that's what pisses me off is because he knew what to work for or knew what to look for and so yeah. he would he would do all of those you know critical thinking um He'd walk in and be like, oh, well, we got we to gotta go make sure they don't got guns. If they do, let's take all the bullets out because right. they're not, sh not going to shoot me tonight. Not um, tonight. <laughs> um, he would also leave behind. I was like, I lost my spot. <laughs> he would leave behind. <laughs> all the notes. <laughs> all the notes. He would leave behind um, hidden weapons and tools that he could use later when he would return. And like he especially liked leaving behind ligatures because he would always tie the victims up which would lead to another one of his nicknames, the Diamond Knot Killer. So a Diamond Knot... Which, which, which he learned in the Boy Scouts. Well, a Diamond Knot... I think he actually learned it in the Navy. He was in the Navy at one he point. Did, he, did, he did learn it in the Navy. I was, <laughs> being, a, I was being a bitch. <laughs> it's, that's not a very common knot. And um, it, I saw that it's usually used as a decorative knot at the end of a lanyard and is commonly used by sailors. Which leads to the Navy thing. Yeah. 
Boy Scouts. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> the only reason I said that, I was being a bitch about it, but you know, you go into Boy Scouts, you learn all this. They do. They, they learn all the knots. They probably do teach them this one to Boy Scouts. Oh, so I don't, I don't know. know if they do. I was just being facetious. <laughs> <laughs> also, can I just say that this dude had way too many names? Way too many names. Like, they stop, didn't know who he was. <laughs> stop being greedy with all the names. Like they're talking about this guy and they're like, wait, is that the same guy as the VR? <laughs> uh, or is that ear? No. Or do we or do we really do we really have 12 different serial killers on the loose in this area? <laughs> There's so many names. Anyways. <laughs> um after he would stalk these people for months and harass them over the phone and then break in and set up for his crime, then he'd be ready to attack. Mm-hmm. So this motherfucker would break in in the dead ass middle of the night with a ski mask on because he always covers his face because he's a little bitch. And he would flash a fucking flashlight directly in your face to wake you up and make to sure blind you're all, you. Yeah, to make sure you're all discombobulated and junk. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, They're like, don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been one of his nicknames the discombobulating flashlight killer. <laughs> the day. <laughs> That's a good t-shirt. That's a good t-shirt. <laughs> that's one of my favorite words. Anyway. <laughs> well, that's it. I'm getting that t-shirt. Discombobulated right. flashlight like, killer. Dis- discombobulating. Because he's discombobulating his... Fic- Stop trying to give people cool names. Like, make them really stupid like that, guys. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways. He would shine the flashlight in the victim's face. And, well, okay. Let me tell you about... Let me tell you about what his first victim woke up to. So she was awoken in the middle of the night by him calling out her name. Like, first of all, hell no. <laughs> if that's oh, not fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not freaky enough to get woke up at like two in the morning by some strange ass <laughs> voice calling your name. Like my ass already gets woke up by my little my little people coming up to me <laughs> at the side of my bed saying that. And you think they don't get slapped in the face? <laughs> right. I'm kidding. They don't. But <laughs> it's it's been a close one a couple of times. Ma'am, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> no, so this strange ass voice. She wakes up this strange ass voice that's calling her name. Dude was standing in her doorway, pantsless, and tapping oh, the door yeah, frame. I forgot about that. Uh-huh. He did that a lot. And he was tapping the bedroom door frame with a motherfucking knife. Like, can you imagine waking up to that? <laughs> uh, first of all, no. And second of all, I forgot that this fool would break into the house without clothes. It will, <laughs> he would, he would wear a shirt. It was just from the waist down. He'd be no, pantless, it was just pantless. Which pantless. I think to him would be more efficient, which is terrible. It was. It was more efficient for him to get his point across on what he was about to do. Yep. Yeah. Evil fucking bastard. He's an evil, evil man. Yeah. So he would um, tie his victims up and then like rape them for hours. And he would take breaks in between all this and go into their kitchen and fix himself a fucking snack. Like he would always eat and drink at the scene. Apparently he loved junk food so much that when he was a cop, they called him junk food Joey because he needed another nickname. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Right. (laughs) You could write a book on just his name. <laughs> Seriously. It's going to be entitled, They Call Me. <laughs> they Call Me. That's what... VR. Yeah, <laughs> right. Food Joey. <laughs> like the title of the book would wind you every time. Seriously. Say it. So, 
Um, also, according to several victim accounts, he would start crying and whimpering in like a high-pitched voice. Um, some victims he was, said, yeah, so he was super over dramatic about stuff. He was very theatrical about stuff always. Like he didn't mean it. He didn't give a shit, but he would make it out like he did. So that's yeah. what was, was so annoying. Cause he, yeah, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, some, um, some victims said that they thought he, they heard him talking to his mom when he was sobbing. Like he would say mm-hmm. things like, I don't want to do this anymore, mommy. And I hate you, mommy. Well, other victims said that he had, he had said similar things, but they said he wasn't saying mommy, that they heard him saying Bonnie with a B. Yeah. So it turns out that Joseph D'Angelo was actually engaged to a woman named Bonnie Colwell in 1970. Mm-hmm. And um, she broke off the engagement. And then he actually showed up at her bedroom window in the middle of the night after she broke up with him. And like she went to her window when she heard knocking on it and he was standing there pointing a gun at her and said we're going to reno to get married right now and bonnie was like oh hell no the fuck we aren't like <laughs> so she went and she got her dad because she was still living at her parents house because i think they were like just college age um mm-hmm. and her dad told her like go to the bathroom wait there until i got come back and get you and after a while he came back and got her and she never saw d'angelo again and her dad never told her what happened or how he got rid of him well, he was obviously alive. <laughs> he was obviously alive. But yes, so anyways, he would cry about either Bonnie or his mommy or whatever because he's a loser asshole. Yeah, but that's not even just it. Like, he would act like he, um, there was parts where he would act like he was like a drug addict. Yes. So and that- he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So he would act like, oh, that's that's how he would trick some of these teenagers. He'd be like, I need my fix. I need my mm-hmm. fix. He did. And he, he also, I read one part, um, he was acting like he was a drug addict and he needed drugs and he was actually in a doctor's home. He knew it was a doctor. And yes. he, was like, he was all dramatic and he's like, where are the pills? I need the pills. And like makes this big scene, like goes to the bathroom and like shakes the bottles around, like makes it very theatrical. And they Opens later them and pours them out. Yes. They later found the pills. Like every single one of them. He never took any. Yes. He was just being fucking crazy. Yeah, he needed his own little MO. Like, he wanted to act like some of these, you know, statistical people that are out there saying, oh, I killed this person because I was a drug addict. Or, oh, because he was a cop, right? So he's seen so many things. And instead, it was, I'm going to be dramatic. Act like I'm going to do this. But really, in reality, I'm going to rape your daughter. So I really, I think, (laughs) I think what he was doing when he was being all theatrical and acting like a drug addict and all that, was because since he was a cop and so annoyingly smart, I think he was trying to like throw people off to throw the cops throw off. Throw people off. He was so, trying to throw people off. Right. So when they would like t- talk to the cops later and be like, well, he did this and this, the cops like, okay, we're clearly looking for a drug addict when they're not. Yeah, no, they're not. So, but he made, the, he made the mistake because he didn't take any of the pills or anything. So right. they're like, well, that's really weird. All of them are still accounted for. So clearly it's not a drug addict. Yeah. He was, he was just very dramatical. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So once police realized they had a serial rapist on their hands, the local news started like really covering the case and they stressed that this guy was targeting young women who were alone in their houses. So once he sees all that, that's when he changed his MO and started going after couples. Mm-hmm. Cause he's smart. Mm-hmm. He's a smart little shit. So he didn't, he didn't completely change his MO because he would still like stake out the houses and break in and steal shit and get to lay land. Yeah, but this stuff. time, this time it wasn't, um, okay, don't leave anybody. Cause he would go after like teenagers that were babysitting. He would go after, you know, all these, these people that are by themselves. Well, now it's out there. His picture had already been out there states away. Right. So now it's, oh, I'm going to go after couples now. This will be fun, but I'm still going to do the same exact thing. I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw them off by adding an extra person. Right. So, um, He's, yeah, he still did all the same stuff. He just added that it was a couple. Like, he'd still wake them up with the discombobulating flashlight bullshit and all that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, when he starts attacking couples, that's when we get back to the dishes that oh he would use. Oh, my God. This is horrible. So, yeah. So, so horrible. So, he would either, he'd break in, like, shine the light, freak him out. So, he would either have the wife or the girlfriend tie up the man, whatever, married or not married, whatever. Um, yes. He'd have the woman tap the man, and then he would have her stack dishes on the man, and then tell him that if he hears one dish move or fall or break, that he would kill the woman. And then he would take her out to another room in the house and proceed to rape her for hours. Oh my God, and she'd scream, and the guy couldn't make a, like, move he a He could muscle. not. Can you imagine that? Like, obviously the whole thing is extremely terrible for all the rape victims, but can you imagine, like, the poor husband or boyfriend or whatever having to lay there for hours? And then... To top it off, when he's done, take a break and go get a snack. Right. In the same These motherfucking poor, room this guy is in, These not being able to move a dish. Women would not know. Like, he would leave to take his fucking snack break. They would not know if he was actually gone. Like, can I move? Can I, did he leave? Like, And then he would just come back. Like, terrible. Yeah, and the women, you know, they're they're sitting here going through the terror that they're having to go through and just thinking, you know, is my husband or boyfriend or whatever okay? He can't save me. Right. Like, can and how just, terrible is that for him to just have to be laying there knowing that he can't do anything? You can't do anything. Do you know, like, having to live with that for the rest of your life, it probably drove so many of them mad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mortifying. Yes. So, um, his reign of terror in Sacramento as the East Area Rapist lasted from 1976 to 1979. And then by 1979, um, he'd appeared to have stopped, but in reality, D'Angelo had just moved 400 miles south to Goleta. Mm-hmm. And this is when he would get his next nickname, the original Night Stalker. Well, actually at the time they called him the Night Stalker, but then that would later change to the original Night Stalker after Richard Ramirez was given the same name. Because that was just too confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is when he would also change his MO again and he would begin to murder his victims. So he began murdering, besides the first one with Claude Snelling, um, after a botched attack in October of 1979. Many investigators believed that he was killing out of anger 
because of his method his method of murder was bludgeoning and it was like bad like massive overkill and since he like messed up this this attack in october and like they got away and nothing happened they thought that he was really angry and that's why he started like killing so mm-hmm. terribly um i am going to read off the list of his murder victims real quick just because i feel like their names need to be known more than his name and all the stupid nicknames yeah. it's a lengthy list it's not it's it's i mean it's like 13 that's still lengthy to me uh, for victims terrible, yes so we had already talked about claude snelling in september of 75 Mm-hmm. Then there was Brian and Katie Majory in February of 1978, which was actually still in his East Area rapist days before he moved on to be the, the original Night Stalker. Um, and they were shot and killed in the street while walking their dog, which was like not his MO at all. And investigators weren't really sure if it was his work, but they suspected him because it was in an area that Ear stayed in a lot. And shoelaces were found near the scene, which he would often use to tie his victims up. And then yeah. um, D'Angelo would later confirm this when he pled guilty to their murders. Like, he was like, yes, I, I did that. So uh, then there was Dr. Robert Offerman and Deborah Manning in December of 1979. Um, Charlene and Lyman Smith in March of 1980. Keith and Patrice Harrington in August of 1980. Manuela Whithoon in February of 1981. Um, Sherry Domingo and Greg Sanchez in July of 1981. And finally, Janelle Cruz in May of 1986, who was just 18 years old. So all of those, there was only two that was just single women and the rest of it was couples. Um, so Joseph D'Angelo's first daughter was born in September of 1981. So that was two months after the, the Domingo Sanchez murder, which was the one um, right before the last one. Mm-hmm. So she's born. And then um, his second daughter was born November of 1986. So six months after the murder of Janelle Cruz, the last murder. Um, which I thought was very, there's like a five-year gap between those two murders. And one of them, his first daughter was born and then he didn't do anything for five years. And then he kills again, and then his second daughter's born, and then he, he disappears. Mm-hmm. So, um, I thought that was kind of interesting. A few, interesting. A few of his past victims would still get harassed, like we talked about. they get harassing phone calls from him over the years. Um, and in 1991, one of these victims told police that she could hear women and children in the background. So that led to speculations that he had a family, and that's why he stopped his attack. Yes. Yes. And you know what this, you know what he reminds me of? Um, another tool bag that's, that had a family and fooled people for so long and got caught. Are you going to say fucking BTK? Yes. I hate him so much, but yes. I fucking <laughs> hate that man. You know, every time that I drive that way, like, I'm not too, too far from Wichita. Yeah. Um, but any time that I would drive, like, toward, which is not often at all, like, like it makes me want to stop and... Um, in El Dorado <laughs> and be like, Hey, can I, uh, interview BTK for my podcast? He's, <laughs> Not really. he's, he's such an idiot. Like, I don't, I can't believe he got, he messed so much stuff. Like I can't believe he got away with oh everything my God. for so long. Here, he's let a, me, let me, let me call the cops. Hey, can you trace floppy disks? <laughs> they were like, Not, no, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Okay, no. cool. <laughs> it's like, here you go. <laughs> 
Jesus. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So, um, his final call was in April of 2001. And a victim of the East Area Rapist received a call from him. And this motherfucker says to them, this is his last call. He said, remember when we played? I know. What a fucking asshole. What the fuck? (sighs) So, I had mentioned them linking the East Area Rapist and the original Night Stalker and using the acronym acronym Eron's. Acronym. Eron's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because that's just like too many fucking words to keep repeating and I keep stumbling over them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, that happened in March of 2001. Because of a wonderful thing that we have nowadays that they weren't able to do back then um, called DNA testing. Yes. So that proved it was the same man. So he left a shit ton of DNA like so much everywhere. DNA. And luckily, like, the, so much. Every everywhere. crevice. Every crevice. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> luckily, the cops had the sense to collect that shit and they kept it wherever police keep their like case evidence. And mm-hmm. so they were able to match um, semen evidence found at multiple original Night Stalker crime scenes with several East Area Rapist sexual assault cases. And um, To find out it's the same guy. Right. So that's how they linked that they were the same. That's how they, that's how Eron's was born. Um, like, oh, this motherfucker trying to be tricky. <laughs> tricky. So the badass boss lady we were talking about earlier, Michelle McNamara, she's actually the mm-hmm. one that gave him the name, the Golden State Killer. Which, that's that's my preferred nickname of his, besides, of course, the discombobulating I, flashlight killer, I think. I per- yes. <laughs> I personally call him that, too. That is his, yeah. um, to me, that's his serial killer name, for sure. It just kind of links them all. I'm going to tie them all in, because they're all in. Yeah. Um, so, like we had talked about, she investigated him on her own for years and years, and she, like, made a ton of connections that helped investigators. And she was not, let's, let's, uh, let's, she was, um, she was a true she crime was writer. Not, she was not getting paid to do any of this. Right. In fact, she some some of the stuff that she was trying to investigate, like it took a lot of um, pull to get into some of the places that she was looking at because you know they weren't allowing her. Like she she did some stuff illegally <laughs> to get her information, but she did, and she did a great job. She wasn't just writing like what she thought she was. She in was detail, like, she was finding stuff the, out, yeah. Yeah, she was finding things out that the cops were not. So she did she, amazing research. She really did. She was, um, and she wasn't like an investigator. She was a true crime writer and she was a blogger. And um, she did have friends that were like investigators and officers and she stuff. She did. That, but that's, that's where I say it's like illegal because some of the stuff they couldn't technically give her. And she was still a lot, like she still got right. some of the information that she could. And they were, they were helping each other. Like, she'd be like, oh, I, I've found this. This is interesting. What do you think about that? And they're like, whatever. But yes, um, I really, really recommend watching that docuseries. It's like six episodes. And, and if you don't watch the docuseries and you do enjoy Oh, I'm reading, absolutely going to read the book. I just haven't got it yet. But yeah. Um, that was I'm available a, to me right then. <laughs> I, I'm a huge Audible fan. So if you have not invested in getting Audible, um, because- This is I not can't. a promotion, by the way. But if no, Audible, if you want us to promote you, <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's not a promotion. Um, I'm not one that has the time. I mean, I've got three kids. I, I can't sit down and listen or watch the- Listen, Jesus Christ, I cannot sit Use down and words. read. <laughs> I cannot sit down and read books all the time as much as I would love to. I can't. So my me time driving to work, because I do have a full-time job, guys, um, or any me time at all, like, 
on the way home from work, even at work, um, I'll listen to books. And this one, in, this one in particular was just such a great book. Um, yeah. A friend of mine, a friend of mine actually listened to it at the same time as me. Um, we, we bought it, listened to it, obsessed with it. I listened to it a couple of times. Um, it's definitely a good read. If you have not read it, there's so much information in this book. Mm -hmm. Um, it's called, yeah, like we said, it's called all beyond in the dark. And that's actually something that D'Angelo said to one of his rape victims. Um, I think what he said is you'll be silent and I'll be gone in the dark. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. So, um, yeah, highly recommend the book, highly recommend the docuseries, super fascinating. Um, I also got a ton of my info, by the way, from goldenstatekiller.com and coldcaseerons.com. And I heard about those. Uh, I heard about the coldcaseerons.com on the morbid episode when they covered him way back in their very first episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I shout out. I forgot all about that. Shout out to Ash and Elena. Hey, girls. Hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Anyways. So Michelle actually suggested using a genealogy website. Um to the investigators she believed that this was the best route to find a criminal who had evaded the police for like four decades because now it's it's available and it wasn't back in the 70s so right and and she was right y'all so they didn't use ancestry.com or 23andme they used a site called um gedmatch it's ged yeah. match and um they used dni 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 dna you just created something new. <laughs> You're like, what is DNA? Um, <laughs> they used DNA that they had from um, that they had from crimes way back when, you know. So they were able to get a match yeah. to familiar DNA. So that was DNA from a relative that had already been gathered from the site. So one of his relatives, I think it was like a second or a third cousin. I'm not sure. You don't. I was going to say, if you don't, um, if you've never done like ancestry.com or anything, you should totally do it. I haven't done it personally, but I'm definitely thinking about doing it now <laughs> just because of all of the killers that are found out there that are helped to be, you know, captured over genetic testing. It's amazing. So you hear that? Any of our relatives, if you're going to kill somebody, we're going to get we, you caught. <laughs> we, about to, we about to get you caught. Just don't do it. <laughs> don't cut. Don't come to me for your 80th wedding anniversary because your ass will be in jail. No, I'm just kidding. Oh so I think the DNA originally matched to like nine possible men. And then they were able to narrow it down to D'Angelo as the most yeah. probable suspect. Suspect. I cannot speak Cause to Because he, he, um, he had past... I don't, how do I want to put this with his cop, with his cop background, with everything. Yeah, they kind of most... used everything and narrowed it all down. And, um, yes. Also, interestingly, I saw that, um, of like the nine men that they found, one of the things that helped like cut some of them out, it said that, um, based on the DNA, it was most likely, they were most likely blue eyed. And he was like the only one out of all of them that had blue eyes. Oh yeah. I didn't see that. That's, that's a little fun fact. That yeah um so maybe i maybe i did but i wasn't paying attention to that <laughs> so then after they had like narrowed him down to the most probable suspect they then used discarded dna so they like went through his trash um and i think they actually got a used tissue from his garbage can that's what they used yeah and that turned out to be a hundred percent match to the golden state killer's dna so they <sighs> done they done got him 
I can still remember when he was arrested. Yes. So April 24th, 2018, Joseph D'Angelo was arrested at his home in Citrus Heights, um, which is actually like in the same county as a lot of his crimes. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem super shocked that he was being arrested. And no. the, only, <laughs> the only thing he said at the time of his arrest was he told the police officers that he had a roast in the oven. <laughs> That's what I was so, about to say. He was more worried about the fact that he had a roast in the oven. He was anything. like, that shit's going to burn. Can somebody turn that off? <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you make sure that you don't blow up my house? That'd be great. Right. <laughs> Even though nobody's going to be able to. <laughs> you might get out, bruh. <laughs> right. Uh, so um, he couldn't be charged with any of the burglaries or rapes because of the statute of limitations that expired for all those cases, which is fucking ridiculous. But whatever. Yeah, I know that makes me so sad for all the victims that endured that because you know some of them were significantly younger than him so they're definitely alive oh yeah all yeah lots most of them i think are still alive um yeah he let's see he was charged with 13 counts of first degree murder and then 13 counts of kidnapping Mm -hmm. so at his first like his court appearances after being arrested he looked super frail and sick and he was like wheeled out in a wheelchair and it's actually that's actually infuriating because have you seen the the tapes they've recently released so they've recently released tapes of him in his cell during this time and he's like exercising and cleaning shit i know he's a faker he's a big fucking faker he is so over dramatic he's a little bitch (laughs) he's a little fucking bitch wheeling out there in his little fucking wheelchair and doing like, jumping jacks and shit in his cell. Like, I know, he's fuck like, you. I'm dying. <laughs> and then you walk over to his cell and he's like pumping iron. <laughs> right. Jesus. He's like, look at me, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh my God. So in April of 2019, prosecutors announced that they would seek the death penalty. And he was like, oh shit. And then I imagined that he started crying and whimpering in his little bitch ass high pitched voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so then March of 2020, so this past March, he offered to plead guilty, so that would take the death penalty off the table. And yeah, origi- but, but originally, life. Originally, they were like, no, nah, not happening. But then I guess they thought about it, and they were like, well, he'll probably die in jail before he gets executed anyways. It's, I and don't also he just And also, he does deserve to rot and think about all the shit that he's done. He does, but at the same time, I'm like, man. But also, yes. He just just, deserves to die. Just off him. Whatever. Don't let him die in a cell. Let him die in pain. Make it painful. (laughs) Seriously. Like, okay. Um, Sorry. (laughs) I was going to say something. I was like, no. Um, August 21st, 2020. So, last week. Um, After listening to his victims address him for the past two days... D'Angelo was sentenced to 11 life sentences without the possibility of parole, plus an additional life sentence, plus an additional eight years. So the judge announced that this was the maximum sentence that the court could impose. And this correct me, the judge said the defendant deserves no mercy. And then like everyone clapped. Um, he was, he also, this was surprising. Nobody thought that he, he surprisingly addressed the victims at this time at the end the court he addressed like the victims in the court and i was watching this and he said this is all he said i've listened to all of your statements each one of them and i'm truly sorry to everyone i've hurt that's what he said and then nobody cared what he had to say because he's a fucking douche canoe the end like 
He is. He's a douche canoe. I don't feel bad for him. I, don't. I never once felt bad for him. I do he, not accept your apology. Like, <laughs> like if I was one of his victims, I'd spit in his motherfucking face. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could not know. He's a horrible, horrible man. Yeah, not not even a man. Like, he's a horrible shit stain wet lettuce <laughs> piece of just, lettuce. you're just gonna keep saying what lettuce. <laughs> i don't know what else to say <laughs> uh yeah piece of wet lettuce he's yeah piece of wet lettuce. so that's it that's joseph d'angelo the discombobulating flashlight killer discombobulating flashlight killer i'm getting that on a shirt just so you <laughs> <know>. <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> Also, I'll oh. take one, please. <laughs> to all my friends that make t-shirts, you hear that? Hey! <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> I got yeah. something in store for you. <laughs> get on it. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So, yeah. It. Follow all of her well, stuff. I'm going to post pictures of this piece of garbage on the gram, on the Facebook. This piece, this piece of wet lettuce. Yeah. So, um, follow our Instagram, Sisters underscore podcast. Yes, yes. And in our Facebook page, you know, Serial Holic Sisters True Crime Shit. True Crime Shit. I don't know why. <laughs> True Crime Shit. And this Gmail. Oh yeah, and our Gmail. Hey, yeah, for real. We've gotten some D some DMs on the Instagram, which is great. Um, considering we we have like fifty one followers. <laughs> what what? Hitting it big which, time, y'all. <laughs> which just saying we've uh we've gotten more requests from people that haven't even technically followed our page. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but um yeah, so follow us when you when you request <laughs> some stuff. But uh <laughs> and definitely, also please request stuff. Yeah. Please request stuff. Um if you reach out to our e our gmail or whatever um you can totally send us some some information that you want or cases that you want to hear um they don't all have to be serial killers in fact i even like the the stuff that's like not even it's a cold case if it's a cold case and yeah us. We, we, we'll, like we'll it. cover it all we we'll are true all. crime bro true crime it's so true crime. <laughs> follow Sarah us Hall on sisters at gmail.com btw and, <laughs> and uh yeah we actually have one of your friends that reached out and was like hey you said that you have a surprise for us um yes yeah we like, do we we still do it it will be I was, the <laughs> it's i was not like what forgotten. are you talking about now <laughs> it is not forgotten um it'll actually be closer to the end of september so we kind of jumped the gun um we were expecting to have it released in august but it will be closer to september um so I'm just going to say, just so you all know, it's, we're going to have a little special, special, special guest appearance. We, we are. We just had to kind of work around the schedule. So we'll have, we'll have a special guest that will record with us. In fact, they're actually going to record their own case with us. So it'll be super, super fun to have somebody else report a case. Um, yeah. We don't and know. We'll both just kind of react and we think it'll be cool. We're pretty excited about it. Yeah, we're we're stoked. So um, stay tuned for that. It'll be, like I said, closer to the end of September. So if you haven't listened to us, yeah, yeah. If you haven't listened to us, 
you should totally do it. Also, subscribe. If you haven't listened to us, you're listening to us right now, I hope. <laughs> I hope. Please, please keep listening to us. They're all, what are we kidding? We're kidding. They're all gone at this point. No. <laughs> They're all gone. Totally subscribe. So subscribe. We're on all of those domains. Like you can hear us on Google, um, Apple, Spotify. Check them out. Of course, Anchor. Mm-hmm. Can't forget yep. Anchor. That's who we record from. So a few um, other ones. Um, subscribe, like review. Do all that fun stuff. Follow. That's it. Love me for me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow. All right. Well, that wraps it up. So until next week. All right. That was cool. Here we go. (laughs) All right. Okay. I'm going out. Okay. Bye. Bye.